So this past Friday in our Friday Night Fellowship, we talked about our hope in Christ. So if you take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to read verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. And it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Now I want to take a moment to look at the word gospel in this verse. The word gospel in this verse means good news, or a good message, or a joyful proclamation. So in Paul writing to the believers in Corinth, he wrote, Brethren, I declare unto you the good news or the good message or a joyful proclamation which I preached to you. So Paul had preached a joyful proclamation to the believers in Corinth, which also when you have received and where you stand. This gospel, this joyful proclamation Involving God's Son, Jesus Christ, was preached unto us, or unto the believers in Corinth, and they believed it. This same gospel was preached unto us at some point in our lives, and when we heard it, we believed it. So the gospel that it is referring to in the first verse of this chapter is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the gospel of God concerning His Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 2, It says, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Verse 5, and that He was seen of Cephas, or Peter, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. There were, there were Some of them were still alive during the time that Paul was writing this epistle. But some of them had fallen asleep. Some of them had already died. Verse 7. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. So, from verse 2 to 7, we read that it serves us as a good reminder. Or in, in the case of the believers in, Cor- in Corinth, Paul was reminding them of the gospel that was preached to them, the gospel that they had believed, to keep it in memory. And then Paul goes on to explain what that gospel was, reminding them uh, of what that gospel is. Um, it's, it was to serve as a good reminder that we are saved by believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, like the way... Uh, as verse 2 has stated, by which also you are saved. We are saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also according to Romans 10.9, which says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God, knowing that it is our human nature to want to see something to believe it, he not only had the twelve apostles see Jesus Christ after he was raised from the dead, but he was seen by more than 500 people at once. 
Now, take a second to think about that. There were many who had witnessed his death on the cross. There were many who had witnessed the sufferings that he uh, endured um, by, the, by the Jewish leaders. Um, the whippings and the beatings by the, by the Roman uh, soldiers. And, and then the crucifixion on the cross. There were many eyewitnesses who saw him die. There were many eyewitnesses who saw him being um, uh, tortured or, or afflicted um, during the time of, of, of his crucifixion. And what's interesting is, after three days, God raising him up, God openly showed him to many people. They were, there were also eyewitnesses who saw him alive after he was raised from the dead. Uh, so that, you know, there weren't rumors going around about they might have stole, stolen his body when the tomb was empty. Um, or, or, or any other type of rumors that could have uh, uh, arose among, among the people. But God emphatically and openly showed Jesus Christ to many who were present during this time, um, he revealed Jesus Christ to them, and they were eyewitnesses after he was raised from the dead. If we go down to verse 12, it says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you that there is no resurrection from the dead? Now, let me remind you that the, open, the, the opening uh, conversation or context to what we're talking about is the gospel of God concerning his son Jesus Christ that gospel entails not only of Jesus Christ dying for our sins but it also has to do with his resurrection you see it is the resurrection that brings salvation it is the resurrection of Jesus Christ that brings deliverance and salvation of eternal life to to us it wasn't just in his death he had to be raised from the dead God had to raise him from the dead so that he can defeat death that is the entirety of the gospel. It's not just hearing about Jesus Christ. It's not just knowing who he is or uh, accepting him as a friend, but it's believing the gospel, which is believing everything regarding his death, his res his barrier, and his resurrection. Now, what was going on in with the believers in Corinth was, and th now this is among believers, this is among Christians. This is not talking about unbelievers. This is among Christians themselves in the in the church in Corinth that some of them were saying that there is no resurrection from the dead. Now, how could they have been saying this if they had believed the gospel regarding Jesus Christ being raised from the dead? If they believed that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, which is how they're saved, how were some of them now saying that there is no resurrection from the dead? Now, let's read on. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is also vain. Yeah, we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So, if, it, if this rumor, or if this... Um, uh, false teaching was going around about that there was no resurrection from the dead, then the apostles and Paul himself was considered a false witness of God. What were they preaching the gospel for then if, if, this, was, if this was true that there was no resurrection from the dead? Um, and, he, and, he, and he states a couple questions, right? 
If, uh, verse 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And then verse 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sins. Verse 18, then they also which are fallen asleep, or they also which have died in Christ, are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we of all men are most miserable. Why would we be miserable of all men? Because, well, we're believing something that, according to some of the believers in Corinthians, had not believed in the resurrection of this. So therefore, our faith and everything that we had hoped for is uh, is perished, is, 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 um, is, is not true. Uh, and we of all men are most miserable because our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in the, resurrect, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope is that we have been given eternal life. And we look forward to that eternal life because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Is this the case today that we of all people are most miserable? Is our hope in Christ truly in vain? Look what verse 20 says. But now, but now is Christ risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them that slept. You see, we have hope like no other because Christ is risen from the dead. If it were not true, then we of all men are the most miserable and without hope. Many who do not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ spend their whole lives searching for hope or having false hope in other things that are not promised or guaranteed. However, for the children of God, we the church, we have what is promise, promised and guaranteed. So God has not given us false hope. Those who say that Christ has not risen from the dead are considered false witnesses and are condemned due, due to their unbelief. We can either believe God's reliable word or we can believe man's unreliable word. God is not a man that he should lie. If God says it in his word, it's because he means it and it is true. His words are pure. Um, and therefore here he's, he's using Paul to remind the Corinthians not to, not for their, for their believing not to be mixed with this false information that there is no resurre resurrection from the dead. Because if that were true, then God would not have been able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead and, and the gospel would have... Um, been inactive our hope is is inactive there's there's nothing for us to hope for but that is not the case the it is it, uh, verse 20 says but now is christ risen from the dead and remember earlier in verse 6 it says after that he was seen jesus christ was seen of above 500 brethren at once he was there were many eyewitnesses who saw him after he was raised from the dead who had not only seen him being crucified had not only had had not only been present to confirm that he had been dead on the cross but some of these same eyewitnesses saw him after he was raised from the dead after everything he had just been through so god did not leave it uh up in the air for people to just speculate whether he was alive or not no god openly revealed his son so that many will see him or saw him after he was raised from the dead let's go to the book of acts Chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, The former tristice have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, unto the day in which he was taken up, after 
he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And in verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Many infallible proofs, not just one. Being seen of them for forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now I want to take a moment to look at the words infallible proofs. The words infallible proofs means it is a convincing indisputable proof of a, from a sign or standard by which something is demonstrated to be true. Okay, This is a not just a, I say it one time and therefore I convinced you or you believed it. No, it took many proofs, many uh, much evidence to convince people or to be able to prove that it was legitimate. Um, verse 3 again, it says, To whom he showed himself alive. The fact that he showed himself alive alone is would be good enough if you if if we saw him if we saw him if we were witnesses of him dying on the cross and then three days later we we saw him again alive that in itself it's proof. However, it says after his passion by many infallible proofs and not only by many infallible proofs but he was seen of them for forty days not just one day it wasn't just a one day thing it was for forty days. And he spoke to them. He continued to teach uh, the apostles of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we can understand that he was seen of the 12 apostles, as we read in, in Corinthians, after he was raised from the dead. And he was seen by more than 500 people at once. And he was seen of the 12 for an additional 40 days. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Now this is Peter speaking, Peter with some of the uh, with some of the, the apostles. And he says, "This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. They were witnesses that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why they had that hope in Christ and that's why today we have that hope in Christ. Not only because the apostles witnessed, but because we have the word of God that tells us that God himself raised Jesus Christ. He raised up his son from the dead after three days uh, of being uh, in the tomb. In Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, how God anointed, so God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and God anointed, God. so how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, so Jesus Christ went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, how? For God was with him. How was Jesus Christ healing? How was he walking with power? Well, God anointed him with the Holy Ghost, and therefore Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, let us, I don't want to, um, I want to be able to uh, uh, point out something in this verse that I think is overlooked um, by a lot of folks today. And that is where it says, the second part of this verse where it says, and, he, and Jesus was healing all that were oppressed of the devil. 
It doesn't say that they were oppressed of God. It doesn't say that they were disciplined of God. It says they were oppressed of the devil. Oppression, sickness, affliction comes from the devil. It does not come from God. Jesus delivered people. He healed people that were oppressed of the devil. Again, that is something to note because it has to do with what we believe, the, the, the God that we believe in. We cannot believe in a God that, you know, for us to say, that, well, you know, God made me sick or, or, or God has me oppressed with this illness to teach me a lesson. No, no, it doesn't say that. It says oppressed of the devil. It is the devil that brings oppression to our lives. God is the God of deliverance. Our God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead delivers us from the oppression that comes from the devil. And it was God who anointed Jesus to be the Christ. He didn't anoint any other man or religious leader. And we know today there are many, many different uh, religions or beliefs regarding spiritual leaders or religious leaders or any other man that says that they're the son or prophet from God. The scriptures, the Bible says it was God who anointed Jesus of Nazareth to be the Christ. He did not anoint any other man or religious leader. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and everything Jesus did, he did it because God was with him. We're going to continue to read verse 39 through 42. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day. Who raised him up? God raised him up the third day and showed him openly. Isn't that lovely? Look how it just states it right there. God showed him openly. It was no secret about it. It wasn't left up to people to speculate what had happened with the body of Jesus Christ. God raised him up the third day and he showed him openly. How do we know that? Well, we read it in, in Acts chapter 1. We read it in Corinthians. Uh, more than 500 people saw him at once. He was with the apostles for 40 days, continuing to teach them regarding things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In verse 41, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God. So I'm going to read verse 40 and verse 41 again. God raised Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but we do have a, a number already of how many people God uh, showed him to but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Would you look at that? They ate and drank with him. Jesus Christ, even after he was raised from the dead, even in, in his glorious, in his glorified body, still ate and still drank with his apostles. He still had to feed his body, but he was in his glorified body. Um, he was in his resurrected body. Verse 42, and he commanded us to preach. What were they commanded to preach? Well, they were commanded to preach the gospel unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and the dead. They were to preach the gospel, that gospel that we hear today, the gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ. And what does that gospel entail? It entails not only 
hearing about Jesus Christ or what he did, but it is believing. According to Romans 10, 9, it is confessing that Jesus is Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. The gospel in its entirety is Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. That is where our salvation comes from. That is the entirety of the gospel. And when we talk about the gospel today, the gospel doesn't um, stop at knowing Jesus as a friend. It doesn't stop at hearing that Jesus is the Son of God. It is that God raised him from the dead and gave him a name that is above every name and to recognize him that he is Lord. So they saw him, they talked with him, they ate with him after he was raised from the dead. And there is no other record in the world that speaks of another man or religious leader being raised from the dead. In verse 43, to give and to him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, through his name, Jesus Christ, not any other name, but through Jesus Christ, whosoever, whosoever believeth in him shall receive forgiveness of sins. Whosoever believeth, there is no favoritism, there is no select few, is whosoever believeth in him shall receive forgiveness of sins. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has, God has begotten us unto a lively hope. It is not a dead hope. It is not a a hopeless matter or a falsely hope. It is a lively hope. By what? By the resurrection. You see, that's the gospel. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And let's go to Titus. Titus is a small book, just three chapters long, right before Hebrews. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. And this is where have we been as we've been reading, our hope is in Christ. And, and this is something that hope is something you continue to look forward to, something that you continue to hope in because it is it is uh reliable, it is coming, it is something that is true. It is not just hope that is left up in the air like many things in this world. We we hope for a lot of things, right? We we just some of us hope for different things that that may come our way or that we may that we may want. But this hope, this hope that we have is guaranteed. It is is a promise from God and it is something that is true. Um and as we read in verse 13 of Titus chapter 2, it says looking for that blessed hope. It is a lively hope, a blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God, which is our Father, and of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the hope in which we look forward to, to be able to be gathered together with Him. 
the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ to be for, to, uh, to live forever with God and with Jesus Christ um, and during the time that we're here on earth that is our hope in Christ and 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 when we focus our when our hope is in Christ on a day-to-day basis because that's what when Paul wrote to the Corinthians he, he was telling him to keep in memory to continue to keep in memory right to continue to day by day, remember and keep that hope in our minds that our hope is in Christ. And despite what the world may be going through, despite the changes that occur, uh, despite you know the division that, that, that may be going around, uh, whatever it is, let our minds continue to focus on the hope in Christ and in, in, in the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings peace and joy and love and unity and the hope of of the appearing of, of of our of our Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God bless you, and I'll I have a moment of closing prayer. So Father, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for um, sending your Son Jesus Christ to die for our sins, but most important for raising Him from the dead, which is the gospel that we hear today, the gospel that has been preached for many, many, many years, Lord, and that today we can believe that gospel. And have a lively hope and a blessed hope in your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, uh, that gives us salvation and deliverance and forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your great love and mercy in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.